Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line, back with your brand new week, September 13th, 2020, and I am gracious to be here, as always. It's been since, what was our last episode, Thursday? Thursday, uh, I, I had to make an appearance on Talk 99.5 WZRR in Birmingham on Friday, so was not here for you guys. I couldn't do it. I had to do four hours of radio because of my, my buddy Leland, who does the afternoon show. He had some medical issues, but I can confirm for those that are curious, because several of you have texted me and asked me. He is uh, good to go, and, and as far as I know, he'll be back on air today from 3 to 7 if you are uh, a listener of that show. So you can check him out. I'm sure he'll have Plenty of details as to his uh, near-death experience. Okay, I don't, I don't know if it was near death, but uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't good. But he got the best treatment possible, so I think he's, he's good to go. He's got it under control. You know, things like that happen. You readjust. You maybe switch some things about your lifestyle, whatever, and you fix those issues. So today's episode, as you see in the title here is going to be about Sidney Powell. And it concerns me a little bit, but not for the same reasons it's concerning everybody else. My concern comes from a place where I'm afraid there are a lot of hopeful people, and and I'm also one of those people that is hopeful that this will work out in, in the president's favor, that took this in a context that is causing them to lose hope, to think that maybe things are falling apart. And of course, there are going to be stumbles along the way. Things are going to happen. You're going to run into roadblocks. You are up against some of the most powerful forces, the most powerful forces in this country. So if the president and his legal team overcomes this, it will be one of the greatest victories in American history. One of, one of the greatest victories for the people of this country because that's the battle we're in. It is not Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. It's not even Republicans versus Democrat. It is the people of this country versus the powers that be. This country was set up in a way to make sure the people could dictate to the governing bodies what we should and shouldn't do. And over the years, over the decades, that has flipped. And it's quite the opposite. This is the reckoning where we decide if we want it to go back to where it was supposed to be originally. To, to the way that the Founding Fathers set this up. That's the battle we're in. But as far as Sidney Powell goes, a lot of people are asking, because Sidney Powell's gotten a lot of attention, which she was pretty well known within conservative groups leading up to this because she represented General Michael Flynn. That was her, and it was, say, her claim to fame, but that's really when she hit the mainstream, and especially within conservative circles. A lot of people started following her. But she has been a part of this group that has been kind of just known as Trump's legal team. And that is Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, 
and Jenna Ellis or Jenna Elise. I, I only read. I'm not watching a lot of these video clips, so I don't technically know how to pronounce her name. I've been calling her Jenna Ellis this whole time, and I heard somebody pronounce it Jenna Elise. So I don't know if that's correct, but I'm going to continue to call her Jenna Ellis because that's the way it's spelled. Um, so Jenna releases a statement over the weekend pertaining to Sidney Powell saying that she was not a part of the Trump team and it freaked a lot of people out. Here is that statement. Let me pull it up on the screen for you. So what we've got here is an official statement from the Trump legal team. And it says, Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president and in his personal capacity. Rudy Giuliani, attorney for the president for President Trump, and Jenna Ellis, Trump campaign senior legal advisor and attorney for President Trump. Short and sweet, no real context, just kind of put it out there. And when Jenna Ellis did that, it caused a firestorm among Republican circles. It was one fodder for the left who then decided they were going to go on and use this as ammunition and say, look, Sidney Powell is such a conspiracy theorist that even she, even the, the, the Trump legal team had to distance themselves. I saw a tweet from Jake Tapper just earlier today. Let me see if I can find this. Here they are mocking Sidney Powell. This is the website for Sidney Powell's legal defense, calling her the Kraken releaser. Where is the one that Jake Tapper posted? He likely posts or tweets way too much, and I'm not going to be able to find it. But he said something along the lines of, even Sidney Powell is too kooky for Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, so they had to distance themselves. Nonetheless, it's being used by those guys, and it's freaking out those that are on the Stop the Steal team. And they're like, what is going on? Now people are doing infighting. It's turned into this, oh, Sidney Powell's just turned out to be a conspiracy theorist. She's uh, she's gotten a hold of this these QAnon theories and and uh, she's going to go down with the ship because she's talking all this crazy. I, I, I don't know a lot of these people that are saying this as well. I don't know where they're coming from because it was just days ago that they were buying into everything Sidney Powell was saying. But all of a sudden, that one simple statement I just read you has caused all of this. And if you ask me, you need to take notes of who is turning their back on Stop the Steal and remember that when this is all over. They are falling prey to what the left wants them to, which is Sidney Powell is a kook. They started off, it was a direct, uh, they, they had their sights locked in on Rudy Giuliani. They've done that for a long time, trying to paint him as crazy. And then once we had this press conference last week, they then decided to start attacking Sidney Powell. Now, you know once that happens that that means Sidney Powell's likely got the goods. Their defense mechanism when they're freaked out is to attack people 
and paint them as crazy so the general public feels the same way. But nonetheless, that statement, with very little context, I, I, I need to point that out, has got people in a frenzy and got a lot of people questioning whether or not this election was actually stolen on as grand of a scale as we perceive it to be. Once I went to look into it, because I started heard, hearing rumblings of it, I wasn't really paying attention to it over the weekend, and so I'm like, well, well, that does seem, seem like an odd statement. So I looked into it, and even though the perception, because Sidney Powell was out there with him at the press conference and stuff, the perception was that she was just part of the team. Sidney Powell was never a part of the Trump legal team. From the beginning, she's never been a part of the legal team. She has been working on her own, and her description of this, I don't have her Twitter pulled up, but her description is that she is, in fact, working for we the people. She's working on behalf of the voters. They've got a, a, uh, a thing where you can d donate to Sidney Powell's legal fund because she's not working for the president. She doesn't have the RNC pumping money into her bank account. She's doing this all on her own. But because they are looking for the same desired outcome, she is working closely with Jenna Ellis and Rudy Giuliani. Now, I've talked to some of the people with somewhat inside knowledge, and I, I use that loosely. They're, they're in the reporting a journalism realm on the conservative side. And they've said that the theory is that Sidney Powell isn't directly working for the Trump team, and they want to make sure it's known that they're two separate entities so that Dominion Voting Systems doesn't turn around and try to sue Donald Trump or the Donald Trump legal team. Now, keep in mind, you remember, there's two facets to this, this, this argument, this, this legal argument. Sidney Powell's handling the Dominion side. Rudy Giuliani is handling the mail-in fraud, the, the paper ballot fraud side of it. So Sidney Powell is going to be a separate entity that's just looking for the same result. Doesn't mean these people are going to stop working together. It doesn't mean Sidney Powell is talking all crazy and that Giuliani and Ellis had to uh, distance themselves from her. None of that. Nothing has changed. And there's a possibility, I've even heard this thrown out there, that Sidney Powell wants to be separate from everything else because she would not be able to request criminal charges on some very important people if she was part of the Trump legal team because of a conflict of interest. I don't know how that works. That may be completely untrue. But I've seen that theory out there. So any of those could be in play. But assure yourself that nothing has changed from last week. Sidney Powell is still reaffirming that this week she is dropping lawsuits in Georgia that are of biblical proportions. Okay, now this is one of the things that drives me crazy is people want to, especially on the conservative side, say that there's no evidence, 
before you even give these people the opportunity to file this stuff in court where you can then see the evidence. I've seen some very prominent conservatives that, yeah, I don't know if they're getting impatient or what, but not giving these people the time they need to put this stuff out there. And the pompous attitude of some journalists thinking that they deserve to know what the evidence is before it's even filed in court is absolutely absurd. I, I can't understand why all of a sudden they think they have this moral high ground where they deserve something that nobody ever gets before the time is right. But that's neither here nor there. Some of these conservatives that are quickly turning their back, and I don't put a lot of credit into this guy. If y'all watch uh, Tim Cast. Uh, what's his name? Is it Tim Pool? I know we. There's a lot of people that watch him. We. I watch him from time to time, to be honest with you. But I don't. I don't watch much of it. He posted about Trump's legal team distancing, distancing themselves from Sidney Powell, saying that Tucker was right. And using the quote that Powell's public claims have gone beyond the scope of the evidence they have seen and believed they could prove in court. So there's Tim Poole from that the uh, Tim Cast podcast saying, Sidney Powell's a kook. She's coming up with crazy QAnon conspiracy theories. And she's really, she's played it up. She's played it up more than what she's actually got. She oversold her hand. She's bluffing. That's what Tim Pool says. Now, Tim Pool may be right. Who knows? Maybe he's right. But he has no way of knowing if he's right. He's guessing just as much as everybody else on whether or not Sidney Powell has the goods. But he's not the only one. There's more and more and more. Here's the... Uh, the the article that he posted it was actually from Breitbart Joe Pollock's the one that wrote this one and, and he's the one that thinks that it is more of a a tactic to keep the Trump team from being sued by Dominion for defamation because Sidney Powell is going in hard on Dominion and saying that these guys created this software in order to steal elections as they have done in multiple countries. Not only that, but you've got some high-profile people, Governor Kemp in Georgia, that have some hefty interest in Dominion products because they and their family members were getting kickbacks for pinning a deal with their respective state to use Dominion voting. Now, whether people like Brian Kemp knew that Dominion voting was built to steal elections, likely they did, the point is they were getting kickbacks, and they could get in a whole lot of trouble for that. When I say a whole lot of trouble, I'm talking jail time. I'm talking prison time for that kind of stuff, which makes this even more complicated because then you've got powerful people, powerful entities throwing everything at you they possibly have because now their freedom is at risk. It's either convince Donald Trump to concede or they possibly go to jail. You see how this thing gets dirty real quick. And it's not just we present the evidence 
we win and we move on. They will do anything to maintain their freedom. And that's why this is so dangerous. And that's probably part of why they want to distance themselves from Sidney Powell. It may be the old bait and switch. It may be about optics. I have a good feeling that it is about optics. And that they're trying to distract people as they go in for the kill. Again, Sidney Powell filing big-time lawsuits this week in Georgia. We will be able to see what those say once they're filed. And then we can move forward. Then we can decide who's crazy and who's not. But that's uh, that's basically what we're looking at. So after that, after the statement from Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell then releases a statement. I'm going to read that to you. And this is from, I don't know, I actually saw General Flynn uh, post this website. I don't know what the website's from, but apparently it's, a, it's an official statement from Sidney Powell. Here's what she said. I agree with the campaign statement that I'm not part of the campaign's legal team. I never signed a retainer agreement or sent the president or the campaign a bill for my expenses or fees. My intent has been, has always been, to expose all the fraud I could find and let the chips fall where they may, whether it be upon Republicans or Democrats. Keyword, Republicans or Democrats. She's taking a shot at Brian Kemp there. That's why we're going to Georgia this week. The evidence I'm compiling is overwhelming that this software tool was used to shift millions of votes from President Trump and other Republican candidates to Biden and other Democrat candidates. We are proceeding to prepare our lawsuit and plan to file it this week. It will be epic. We will not allow this great republic to be stolen by communist from without or within our... I'm sorry. Let me start over. We will not allow this great republic to be stolen by communists from without and within or our votes altered or manipulated by foreign actors in Hong Kong, Iran, Venezuela, or Serbia, for example, who have neither regard for human life nor the people who are the engine of this exceptional country. We the people elected Donald Trump and other Republican candidates to restore the vision of America's America as a place of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You may assist this effort by making a non-tax-deductible contribution to defendingtherepublic.org hashtag Kraken on steroids. <laughs> so... That's where we're at. So uh, here's here's my message with this podcast. Do not worry about the statement from the Trump legal team. Do not worry about Sidney Powell. Do not listen to the people that are telling you Sidney Powell is a kook or crazy or using QAnon, QAnon conspiracy theories because it's not true. It's not true. And we will find that out this week as the lawsuits are filed. Now, if it turns out some of that stuff is pretty far out there, so be it. But guess what? In 2020, nothing is going to be too far out there. I don't know if, if, if y'all have noticed, but anything's possible. Just look at this year as a whole. Think about how the Democrats used COVID-19 and how COVID-19 has perfectly lined up to give Democrats the opportunity 
to commit the biggest set of election fraud in the history of this country. They've always taken advantage of mail-in ballots. They've always had dead people voting. It's just, it's something that's always happened. And it's, it, it's what people gear up for every election cycle. Both sides have to fight it. But this time was different. Democrats were so concerned with COVID-19, one, they wanted to be able to have the majority of the public rely on them, the government, to feed them, to clothe them, to pay their mortgage. But also, it presented a grand opportunity for them to steal an election. Because they had the weakest candidate in Democrat Party history who didn't campaign, who had a racist past, and there was no other way he was going to beat Donald Trump. Especially a Donald Trump that got 72 million votes. Almost 10 million more votes than he got last year. I mean, last election, four years ago. It's insane. I even saw a report, and I think I've already knocked that out. Let me see if I can pull it up. Let me go to my history here. We had... Here we go. Check out this headline. Georgia electorate sees lowest share of black voters since 2006. Now, black voter turnout is historically, recent history, beneficial to the Democrat Party. In order to flip a a red state like Georgia, to flip it blue, you would have to have an extremely high black voter turnout, would you not? But it, it was their lowest since 2006, yet they were still able to flip that red state. Nothing makes sense. You had a candidate that didn't campaign, that said crazy things, that couldn't string two sentences together, had a racist past, and that nobody liked, created zero enthusiasm. And you mean to tell me he got 10 million more votes than Barack Obama in 2008? Is that what you're telling me? If the truth just drops in our lap one day, I think we'll find out between this election, between mail-in voting, between COVID, them propping up Joe Biden the way they did, that it was all one big sinister plan. And I'll get hammered for saying COVID-19 was some sort of Democrat conspiracy. But why shouldn't I believe that? Is it that far-fetched at this point? I've received, I've received so much hatred and vitriol and just nasty, nasty things, of course, said to me or said about me online. Uh, these people wouldn't dare say it to my face. Uh, but nasty personal things from what kind of parent I am to uh, how I'm, I'm a horrible person. Uh, Horrible at relationships, and then I live in my mom's trailer, 
By the way, my mom just built a really uh, a nice house in Missouri, so I kind of do sometimes wish I was living with my mom, but that's the kind of stuff I already deal with, so if I'm going to throw it out there that COVID-19 was a big Democrat conspiracy, it's not going to affect me that much. I mean, am I supposed to look the other way when we find out that the lab that this virus came out of in Wuhan, China, it was funded by the Obama administration with millions and even billions of dollars. I'm just saying. It all ties together. And I think we'll find out as time goes on. But back to Sidney Powell and the way conservative media is, is treating this. And I, I'm amazed, absolutely shocked at the way Fox News is handling this stuff. I want to show you a couple examples. First off, Fox News is losing to MSNBC in daytime ratings for the first time since November 2001. I said November, just first time since 2001. Losing to MSNBC the other day, I don't know if that's staying consistent. I would imagine it is. But Fox News, uh, Fox and Friends was losing to Morning Joe. On MSNBC. That's a bad look. Because Morning Joe is a very hard show to watch. Even for somebody like me that watches all of them. It is very, very hard to watch. And Fox News is tanking. And they're not correcting course. Like I said, they, they hired a crisis management team. But it doesn't seem like they're doing anything about it. For instance, last week... Check out this clip from Fox and Friends where Brian Kilmeade basically chastises the president and says that he needs to go ahead and start this transition with Joe Biden. But uh, here's the thing. I think for the president of the United States, uh, while he continues to fight on, and this is probably going to be the, the end of the week for Pennsylvania if they don't produce something, I think it's going to, in the country's best interest, if he starts coordinating on the virus and starts coordinating with security with the Biden team and just brief them because on the virus, we need, we're going to be able to get this out as soon as two weeks. We need to coordinate on the transportation and implementation. Uh, and you'll see how thorough the planning is, has been so we don't drop the ball in a little while. Meanwhile. So he's talking about the end of the week. The Trump team needs to be coordinating with the Biden team. Now, this was last week. So Brian Kilmeade, as of right now, Monday, November 23rd, 2020, says Trump needs to go ahead and start handing the reins over to the Biden team. Do it now. And it's not just the goober heads on Fox and Friends. It's across the board, sadly. When this started, we looked at those guys as their daytime people that always kind of hinged on... It always seemed like they were teetering on the edge of being anti-Trump from time to time. You know, you had people like Shepard Smith and some of the others where you're like, eh. Then the election happens, and we're seeing people like Brett Bayer, and who's that? Is, is the, the fat, sweaty guy with, with the, the chiclet teeth. What's his name? Uh, he does the podcast with Dana Perino. I can't even remember his name. That's how much of a loser he is. Him, some others, you know, he obviously had Juan Williams, Geraldo Rivera is always on the fence. But then it started bleeding into the ones that you thought was solidly in the Trump camp. 
that would actually stick up for him, and that would be Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson. And then I see this tweet from Laura Ingram, which is an article from CNN reminding people of Jenna Ellis calling Trump an idiot in 2016. Now, there's a lot of people in 2015 and 2016 within the Republican circle that said derogatory things about Trump because they thought their party was under threat. And once they saw the actions that Trump took and the fact that he was actually willing to stand up for conservatives, they changed their mind. Now, there were a lot of them that were RNC rhinos that didn't change their mind. Some pretended to change their mind and didn't and then stabbed the president in the back. But why would Laura Ingram feel the need to remind people that Jenna Ellis called Trump an idiot four or five years ago? It's obvious she doesn't think that now. If she's literally putting her career on the line, that's, that's another thing you got to understand. Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, these people can literally have their careers ruined if they don't succeed at this. Because there are people wanting them, even on the extreme side, wanting them dead. These people, when you go up against them, they threaten to kill you, they dox you, they dox your children, they threaten your family. Why would Jenna Ellis, if she thought Trump was an idiot, why would she do that? Why, why would she put herself out there like that? So what's the point in Laura Ingram saying those things? That's, that's my only question. And then she tries to pretend like none of that was ever said. She even goes to the extreme of talking about AOC and how conservatives could start working with progressives like AOC. What kind of nonsense is she talking about? <laughs> she literally says conservatives could work with AOC and other progressive populists. You think Laura Ingram would have said that two months ago? You think she would have said that three weeks ago? Of course not. We would have all cold or crazy. Listen to this. If they don't produce something... Let me cut Brian Kilmeade off first since he's running his mouth. Queen's Congressman Joe Crowley two years ago, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was being written off by many Republicans as just a flash in the pan. Just a far-left progressive who caught an old establishment Democrat off guard. But I saw things differently. I think it's a mistake for conservatives not to take her seriously, to brush her off as kind of a flash in the pan or an upstart. She's as close to a thought leader that the Democratic Party has today. And she has a massive social media following. She's both charismatic and she's committed to transforming both our economic system and our culture. And while her candidate, Bernie Sanders, didn't win the 2020 nomination, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has had enormous influence on her party. As a freshman Democrat, her coalition helped pull Joe Biden and her colleagues to the left on key issues, such as the Green New Deal, health care, and impeachment. And Democrats will do almost 
anything, albeit grudgingly, to avoid being primaried by her, one of her choices. She's presented herself as a strong voice for working class Americans. And oh. <coughs> oh, man. <laughs> Laura Ingram. I, I don't get it. I mean, it, sometimes I feel like I'm watching uh, a hostage video with these Fox News commentators where they're ha they off off screen they've got a gun held to their head by corporate leaders saying this is the route you need to go in discussing this particular topic and it, i almost hope that that's the case because for them to actually believe the stuff that they're saying is absurd and tucker carlson's no different for whatever reason, and I love Tucker. I don't want you guys to get me wrong. I love Tucker, but on this, I don't understand why he's going down the road. He's going down. You know, he's the owner or part owner or used to be owner of the Daily Caller. The Daily Caller puts out a tweet today and says, what is today, the 23rd? Yeah, it was from today. And puts out two separate headlines from the Washington Post. Their caption says, mess with the bull which means mess with the bull and you get the horns. Washington Post from whatever day, it's uh, talking about Tucker Carlson bashing Trump attorney Sidney Powell for lack of evidence in fraud claims, saying she never sent us any evidence. And then showing the next Washington Post headline, Giuliani releases statement distancing the Trump campaign from Sidney Powell. As if... Tucker Carlson bashing Sidney Powell caused Rudy Giuliani and the Trump legal team to put out a statement distancing themselves from Sidney Powell. They're not distancing themselves. Now, on the inside, I am, in fact, hearing that Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell do not necessarily get along, but they seem to be getting along well enough to make this thing work. But why would the Daily Caller do that? I mean, I understand they're sticking up for Tucker, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So you remember the segment. Tucker said that, you know, when all this started, he, he reached out to Sidney Powell's people or he was texting Sidney Powell and saying, hey, we want you to come on the show, show us some of the evidence, blah, blah, blah. And he kept harassing her. And she's like, listen, I'm not coming on your show with the evidence I've got. You'll see it in due time. So quit texting me if this is all you want from me. I'm not giving it to you right now. Tucker told that story in, in the way that he saw it on his show. Well, Sidney Powell then went on with um, whoever, whatever show, Lou Dobbs or something, and explained on that show exactly what happened. All right, Sydney, I, I want you to respond to what Tucker Carlson said last night. No, she's on Maria Bartiromo, by the way. Night, Sydney. I don't know if you watched it, but uh, Tucker Carlson said that uh, he had invited you on his show to share evidence of uh, the software flipping votes. Uh, and he, he said you got angry and refused to provide evidence for your claims of voting software flipping votes. How do you respond to Tucker Carlson? Did you get angry with the show because they texted you and asked you to please provide evidence of what you're uh, alleging? 
Uh, no, I didn't get angry with the request to provide evidence. In fact, I sent an affidavit to Tucker uh, that I had not even attached to a pleading yet uh, to help him understand the situation. And I offered him another witness who could explain the mathematics and statistical evidence uh, far better than I can. I'm not really a numbers person. But he was very insulting, demanding, and rude, and I told him not to contact me again in those terms. So, so Sydney will. So, Sydney is saying the part that Tucker left out, which was he was very demanding and rude about the whole thing. Tucker didn't mention that, but you know, whatever. That's tomato, tomato. Those are minor details when you're bashing someone for not coming on your show and laying out the case. Is it important that people that support the president keep the faith? Of course it is. And that's what I try to do on this show, is give you the logical reasons why you should keep the faith and hold the line. But if you consume too much media, if you consume too much Twitter, if you consume too much... Of, of any of this, it will beat you down and it will change your perception. So if you seem to feel like you're on one side on one day and the other side the next, just calm down a little bit. Maybe, maybe just restrict yourself to only watching this podcast. Maybe that'll make you feel better. Wouldn't be a bad idea. You can tell your friends about it. But... That is what they're trying to do. That is their objective. They want you to lose faith. They want you to question whether Sidney Powell is actually crazy or not. Dominion Voting Software is refusing to speak out and defend their product. I think for the first time they went on Fox News, which was a, a very kind to them, maybe over the weekend. I, I saw a clip this morning. I don't know what day it was from. It, it was just over the past couple days. And they were talking about how their, their, their software is unable to switch votes. That their computer software cannot be programmed in a way that would uh, allow them to change anything. Which seems totally believable that you, as a creator of a certain software would not be able to manipulate that software that you, in fact, created and know inside and out. But whatever. Fox News didn't question it. They're like, oh, okay, there's Dominion. Now, on the other hand, while Dominion was willing to go on Fox News, they were not willing to go and meet with Pennsylvania House members who requested them to show up last week. They were supposed to show up Friday morning in Pennsylvania to talk with lawmakers and answer a few questions about their software that they could then relay to their constituents, that they could relay to the citizens of Pennsylvania, to give them peace of mind, to make them understand, hey, there was no shady business, you can be rest assured that there's in integrity within your elections. They agreed to do that. And I thought, well, maybe this is a good thing. Because really, what this is all about is ensuring assuring the American people that these elections are on the up and up. In the 11th hour on Thursday night, Dominion representatives called those House members in Pennsylvania and told them, we are not coming and we have lawyered up. 
Now, word on the street is they lawed up, uh, lawyered up with uh, the attorneys from Perkins Coie, which is the Clinton law firm. Can't confirm that. I just saw that scattered around the internet. I don't know who their attorneys are, but they did refuse to come at the last minute and lawyered up. What does that tell you? They'll go on Fox News, who's not going to question them, but they won't sit down with the lawmakers that have concerns and answer those questions. If everything's on the up and up, why can't you go? What's the problem with going? And answering simple questions. That's all we're asking. We'll find out soon enough. Sidney Powell will be filing lawsuits this week. She says those will be epic. Those will be of biblical proportions. I can't tell you if they will or won't be, but we will in fact find out together. I've got faith that they will be good. I got faith that they will be a game changer. I got faith that all this distancing in the Trump legal team is all for show. But we'll find out soon enough. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the notification bell on this YouTube channel. Get it out to all your friends, family, and let's grow this bad boy. You'll also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. We're all over the place, and we do this just for you. We'll be back tomorrow. Brand new episode. Until then, see you, Cole.